Hello, and welcome to Next Reads, a podcast where we read the first chapter of a young adult or middle grade book to help you figure out what to read next. This podcast might contain language or situations some listeners might find offensive or unsettling. The North Liberty Library does not necessarily endorse any author's views, but it does support the freedom of speech and the freedom to read. Now, on to the show. I'm your host, Erin, Youth and Teen Services Librarian at the North Liberty Library. My pronouns are she and her. Welcome, listeners! So today, I'm going to be reading from a book called The Disturbed Girl's Dictionary by Nanika Ramos. I picked this up because the cover shows like kind of an old-timey clawfoot bathtub, and the cover is also orange, which is my favorite color. And it looks like this book was released in 2018, so not a new one, but I also thought the whole storyline sounded pretty fascinating. So I'm going to read to you from the back cover. Macy's school officially classifies her as, quote, disturbed, but Macy isn't interested in how others define her. She has too many other things to worry about. Her dad's in prison, her brother's been kidnapped by Child Protective Services, or CPS, and now her best friend isn't speaking to her. If she wants to make sure that CPS doesn't come for her next, she has to convince her mom to get a job, instead of entertaining a rotating cast of guests. And if she's going to patch things up with her friend Alma, she has to figure out why Alma's been drifting away from her, all while avoiding her neighborhood's stray dogs and stray men. Macy maintains control of her world by documenting everything she observes in a dictionary that follows her rules, until it doesn't. Soon Macy's dictionary starts betraying her secrets, and everything she thought she understood suddenly needs redefining. So this is a young adult book with young adult themes, and here we go. Do as the bull in the face of adversity, charge, Jose D. Diego. So, The Disturbed Girl's Dictionary by Macy Cashmere for Macy Cashmere. Always slash never. Interjection. Sometimes hated, always feared, never disrespected. Still getting radio silence. I scroll down my list of followers, but she didn't unfollow or unfriend me. The word unfriend makes George tighten the strap on his helmet. CH for helmet. George is what you call special but not to his face if you want to avoid me jackhammering yours. Look, look, Alma posted another one of her kids. Alma's got so many siblings and half-siblings and cousins living at her house, I lose count. I hold up my iPad, and George leans over, almost tipping his desk. Yo, see that in the background? The little dude there on top of the fridge? He scrolls and laughs, slamming into the seats so hard, it crashes into the desk behind it. If you sit near George, it's highly recommended you wears a helmet too. Teacher man glares at us. He is annoyed because our ignorant asses broke the school firewall again to check social media posts, but we can't even pass a daily quiz. Right now, we're supposed to be doing a historical analysis between suffrage and civil rights, but I gotta know if my friendship with Alma is history first. We haven't talked in two weeks and I'm in serious bestie withdrawal. History is the only class the three of us have together anymore. The only reason Alma is in a regular class, and rest assured there's nothing regular about the cray craze in this class, is because all her other classes are AP and she needs a breather. Alma's not here today though. She's on another field trip in this program called Tomorrow's Leaders Today. CG for gifted and talented. 
George and I are not in this program because nobody appreciates our gifts or talents today or any other day. Currently, George is displaying his talent for appreciating my jokes. Every time he laughs, he bashes into desks like bumper cars. Any minute, he'll start wheezing and get sent to the nurse. George has the asthma. Me. Alma almost never posts pics of herself. Even her profile pic is one of her kids. Check it out. This girl is Alma's mini-me. She always never... Macy! George! Teacher man is staring us down. Let's talk about why we cannot use the words always and never in the same sentence. What do you mean by we? I lean way back in my seat. People are always talking like that to me, saying our and we. Our plan for Macy is, I think we can all agree that. We don't want that to happen, do we? Teacher pops a cap off a black marker and writes the sentence I said on the whiteboard in caps lock. Alma always never does that. He's trying to turn this into what he calls a teachable moment. Like that time he made us proofread all the graffiti in the bathroom. With a red marker, he crosses out the word always and rereads it. He says, see, always is what we call superfluous. It's clutter. Clutter? Like he knows my life. You're pissing me off, I say. I stay seated. I don't get in his face, yet. I stay in my circle. Draw a imaginary one around my desk. CC for circle. Teacher turns his back. I hear you, Macy, he says. I'm sorry you're angry. I didn't say I was angry, I shout. My circle is bursting with flames. I said I was pissed. The teacher turns on the projector. He's got a PowerPoint with GIFs. He's got vines. He's got everything but a top hat and a cane. He is ignoring my behavior. This is a time-honored teacher strategy that also royally pisses me off. I reach it to my desk, take out History of the American People, Volume 1, and Clean House. Cross out all the pages about shit that's got nothing to do with me. What's left? Not much. The teacher keeps clicking through his slideshow until he hears the silence of the other kids. Until he hears the slashing of my pen. Macy! He whips around, blinking in the light of the projector. What are you doing? I guess he is no longer ignoring my behavior. Are you angry? I crack my knuckles. Or are you pissed? If he were a cartoon, smoke would be pouring out his ears. A kid coughs as if he can smell it. Put the sharpie down, Macy. Vandalism will not be tolerated. You? Vandalism? I'm not vandalizing any more than you. I'm just deciding which words count and which ones don't. Which words mean something and which don't? That's exactly what you do. Macy, you can't argue two plus two is three. And you can't argue that always and never should be used in the same sentence. You're not in middle school anymore. He slams his marker on the lip of the board. It rolls onto the floor. I expect me. You drop something. His nostrils twitch. Yeah, he's pissed. What you're not picking up on is how much is at stake here, Macy. Nobody's going to give you a lollipop anymore just because you throw a tantrum. What did you say, mother foe? I throw my desk. The other teachers hide under their desks like it's a tornado drill. Teacher man pushes the office button. I'm going. Don't even need to give me a lollipop. It's a violation of my civil rights, though. Depriving my ass of a vet, of a education. I walk out and slam the door. I sit outside the principal's office and take out the dictionary you're reading right now. By the fucking way, you're reading this because I'm missing or dead or in a nut house or CPS stole it and maybe you don't know I'm standing right behind you, mother foe.
Back to always slash never. Miss Black, my English teacher, says that to prove your point, you have to give many examples. Here's mine. Mothers always never leave. I remember the first time my mother left. She thought I was asleep, but I saw her packing her bags. I don't know why she left the house that night or what made her come back, but she did. I mean, I guess she's got enough reasons to leave, but what I always never get is what brings her back. Is a bad mother the one who leaves or the one who stays even though she should go? I checked what was inside those bags. In one bag was a ratty old stuffed dog missing a ear, her honey bear bong and a dime bag. And let me share my disappointment that a dime bag don't actually got no dimes in it, believe me. Pictures of herself at the beach, Queen Helena hair gel, a lock of my brother Zane's hair, CB for burner and G for gas. She always leaves a note. It says, I know you'll never forgive me, but you'll always love me. I know it. I still love my mother, the bitch. The bitch is crossed out, but I can still read it through the scribble. All my love, Yasmin. But she always never leaves. Acts like those bags aren't still in the back of her closet waiting. In the morning, I always look for a piece of tape hanging on the front door where the note was. Always find it. Always find all the empty kitchen cabinets open, like she wants us to know there's nothing left for us here. The stuffed dog is back in that bashed up box of hers. She got it from the group home when she left at 13. The bong and the dime bag are back in her pantry drawer. The gel is on the kitchen sink where she does her hair when somebody stunk up the bathroom. The pictures of me on the dresser have never left. And that is the end of the chapter. I will say that this book is definitely not grammatically correct, so it was a little tricky to read out loud, but I think you'll be okay reading it in your head. So the next chapter, you kind of get into her relationship with Alma, and it carries on from there. So I hope you found that chapter intriguing enough to check it out. And if not, just know there's always another book waiting to be discovered. I will try to post some read-alikes for this book in the show notes. And yeah, that's about it. So I hope you join me next time for another Next Reads. Thanks.